have to have a little more patience than you think you do. And I know people get like nervous. They're like, oh, it's flaring up or they see smoke coming out of the lid. This is where it's like really nice to keep a spray bottle of water handy so you can like spray down the flare ups, especially if it's burgers. But generally, like if it's not releasing from the grill, it's not ready for you to turn it. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. It's a big week for grilling here in the U.S. with July 4th right around the corner, maybe even tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so today we're sharing all our very best advice for grilling. Lots of brass tacks content, which I love. You love it. Yeah, I do. You guys, we've definitely talked about grilling before. We have episodes on grilling for meal prep. We have our best advice for grilling chicken, which I know is a big one that came up in our community. Um, You know, since I wrote a whole book on chicken, we have a bonus episode um, where you, Megan, talk with your friends, the grill dads. So we are going to link to all of these episodes in the show notes so you can go back and listen to those too. But this is just like a more like straightforward grilling episode. You know, it's funny because I think we had two different ideas about this. I was thinking of like just hacks, like a quick and dirty, like little tricks and trade. But you had the thought of folding our hacks and our little like tricks of the trade into a slightly more comprehensive, like these are the things you need to think about when you want to grill to set you up for success. Yes. And part of that is because even though we use it, we've definitely used it like on Dinner I Just Feed You's Instagram. I freaking hate the like way hacks have been turned into like this weird internet fodder and culture. (laughs) So I'm like hesitant to say that we have like we have tips and tricks. We have our best advice, but like, are what we're advising, are any of them hacks? Maybe one of, or two of them are. I actually, my notes, but they are, they are way less comprehensive than yours, but I feel like mine were hacks. I feel like yours were just like good, solid advice because I saw them too. What we're not going to do, but what's happening is that we have different ideas of what a hack is. <laughs> so we, can we talk about that? Like, if you what want do you to. Think of, I think it's, let's spend 30 seconds. I think of a hack as something where you're using something beyond its intended purpose or in a different way than most people think to use it. That's what I think a hack is, not just like a tip or trick. What do you think a hack is? I don't think I define it the same way. I'm having a hard time putting it. I just looked it up. I think of a hack as being one is like there's a normal process for doing stuff and a hack is like a tip or trick that isn't part of the like normal lexicon of some activity or some process that you do that like helps you feel more sure or more confident or shortcut an aspect of the process. Yeah. Does that make any sense? But it totally makes sense. Fundamentally, it is just a tip, but it's a kind of tip that isn't part of the canon of information around it. Like what's a parenting hack? It's just a tip or trick that maybe you haven't thought of that shortcuts something or makes something easier and maybe like goes against or, you know, kind of shortcuts the normal tips and tricks and advice that's given. Yeah, I think even though our brains think of it differently, like I'm thinking of it in terms of physical processes a little bit more where it sounds like you're you're thinking about it as far as like 
thought and intention and like how you move around things. I think we're very aligned. And I'm just so glad that it's not like neither of us are like, oh, it's when you like take a turkey baster and turn it into a funnel or something. No, like that's the thing that I do think that people end up doing weird things because they're trying to come up with hacks where maybe there isn't one. But like running the hot tap water down the side of a propane tank, I think is a hack. I think it's just a tip. But but <laughs> but, but I agree. But one. to me, like yes. a hack is a tip. Yeah. But like okay. that's not a tip that everybody knows or that they may have thought of. It's the kind of like that is a constant problem for people who use propane g- grills. Is that it runs out? Yeah. Or that you don't ready. know what yeah. your level is. And you're like, right. wait, how do I check it? And they're like all these different ways to check it. And like this is actually a tried and true tip, <laughs> like you're saying, that like not everybody knows. That maybe isn't like general common wisdom, but like has been tested and really works. And like yes. once you learn it, it makes your life easier. To me, even though that's just a tip, that's a hack. <laughs> that's how I think of it. For real, for real. Uh, no, but like also an interesting segue because. Then if you don't want a hack to just be a tip, then what is a hack? Like give me an example of a good hack. Here's a good, a prime example. I think. In the Good Eats years, we we were always trying to like use tools in a different way so that they wouldn't be a unitasker. So like we've done things like turning a box fan into a dehydrator by using air filters and dehydrator sheets. So you don't have to buy a dehydrator. That's so interesting. I don't agree. So let's agree to disagree. But I think okay. we have overlap. It also doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because, because I also think that you're thinking like very physical. That's so interesting. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. It's there's thought put into it oh, for sure. Totally. But like, here's my top line. I think that this is an episode for anyone who doesn't grill regularly. Yes, totally. And who doesn't feel confident in grilling. Like if you kind of follow our advice, you will become more confident. And some of our advice is like, okay, you probably only need to do this once and then you're going to le- have learned this thing and you and you won't ever have to do it like every time that you do it. And it is sort of like a coming together of our best, our o- own individual tips that we use when we grill individually because we never grill together. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We're not the grill moms. Oh, OK. Wait a minute. <laughs> let's not wait. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Okay. Mark. Okay. But maybe we're on to something that we can bring to the community. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking of which, before we get into it, you guys, we want to invite you to our new and improved Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. It's so awesome. We're so excited. Free members are getting access to more than ever before. So there's the community boards. There's more than one. We can always add more if you have a hot topic. You get access to recipes. And then we're posting more printables, shopping lists, things like that. And that is available to you also if you're just a community member. Being a community member is free. You just share your email and we never share it with anybody. And I'll tell you what, those boards are hopping. Yeah, for In fact, this episode was inspired by someone being like, I like, I want to grill and veggies turn out okay for me, but like I struggle with proteins. You also get even more of us in the supporting community too. There are still monthly bonus episodes. We brought back regular lives. We drink monthly Q&As. Um, there's swag that you can't get anywhere else. 
um, ad free stream. Oh my God. Why do I always forget I about that? I don't know. It's like the biggest perk ever. Okay. We're going to leave with that from now on. Okay. So if you want all that, because there's so many goodies, um, visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to sign up. All right. Let's talk grilling. Okay. I think a little bit of grilling starts before you even get to the grill. I think it's it's a good idea to like make sure that you have everything on hand that you need to grill before you're like, oh, I'm going to cook this chicken. So you mentioned this checking the propane. So I would say you have to check the propane before if you're using a gas grill. And will you explain the hot water? Yeah, this is such a good one. To me, this like is truly a hack. I'm funny. It's funny that we don't agree on it, but that's okay. We still love each other so deeply um, (laughs) and respect each other. Like this was a game changer when I figured it out. But basically you take hot water, like hot tap water. It doesn't have to be boiling. And you just from the top kind of pour it down and let it cascade down the side of the tank. And then once it's like, you know, the water's covering it, take your hand, a couple of fingers, whatever, and run your fingers down the side of the tank. The tank will be warm because you just poured hot water on it. And then all of a sudden it will get cold because propane pulls heat. So that moment that it changes, that spot where your finger goes from feeling warm to cold is where your propane level is. And that could be like halfway. It could be like three quarters of the way. Of course. It could be wherever. Yeah. It could be towards yeah. the bottom. And then, you know, you need to fill it up. I would say like once you've checked the propane level, you've checked your charcoal or if it's like a pellet grill, you make sure you have um, pellets. The next biggest thing is that you need more time than you think to do to get your grill hot. And it's important that you preheat your grill. So I like I love a gas grill. And obviously that heats up the fastest, but you should still give it like 20, 25 minutes to heat up. If you're using a charcoal grill, I really encourage you to spend $15 and buy a charcoal chimney starter. Yes, It's shaped like a chimney. There's a little basket at the bottom that catches the charcoal. So you pour the charcoal in the top, usually about two quarts. And then in the bottom, you're going to take like some newspaper or a paper brown paper bag and scrunch it up. The one thing I like to tell people is put a little oil on that scrunched up paper before you light it. And then you're going to stick it like underneath the basket in the butt of the chimney. (laughs) In the butt. Put it in the butt. And then set it on the lower grate of your charcoal grill. So not the cooking grate, but there's one that catches all the charcoal. Put it in there and then let you light the paper underneath. I would say give two quarts of charcoal about 40 minutes to preheat and then you can come out and carefully dump them into the grill put the grill lit the cooking grate on put the grill lid on and give that like 10 15 minutes to preheat before you start cooking on it so charcoal takes longer but either way we want you to preheat you shared this tip which i've seen before and i think this is like really genius too for if you're like at an airbnb you buy a loaf of like cheap white bread and what do you do even if you've been grilling for a long time because i bet you there are a lot of people out there listening who have a grill who've used it a couple of seasons maybe even more and are like oh like why is everything cooking unevenly because maybe you never determined where your hot spots are so 
use that sliced bread to cover your grill in a single layer of bread. Just like line the slices up, cook for about 90 seconds, and then flip the bread over. And you'll see that the bread got really charred in some areas, just a little toasty in other areas. So you just understand where your hot spots are. When you're doing this, or do you have all of your burners on at like a medium-ish yeah, level? Yeah, at the same level. I, You know, you want to put them at the same level because you want to compare apples to apples. I think this is really smart. I know this is going to sound weird that I was like, get your grill really hot. And then I'm going to say, you also have to start with a clean grill. I have a strong opinion that you should not clean a cool grill, that you should clean a hot A hundred percent. So I like to clean after I'm done cooking. I do, too. I like to take a little um, scrunched up ball of foil with long tongs, like while the grill's still hot and rub off a lot of the food debris. I know people also really like an onion for that. Have you ever you do use either of those? I've read the onion. I do foil and I sometimes when I'm not in a rush because foil just wadded up is fine. will lay a paper towel like I'll put a piece of foil down on the counter lay a paper towel in there, and then drizzle a little oil on it. Mm, Like not your mm -hmm. expensive olive oil, people. Just like a little bit of oil, then scrunch it up, then poke some holes into the aluminum foil, the scrunched up aluminum foil. That way it also like, it's like very lightly greased too from the inside. Yes. Yes. I love that. I feel like anytime you preheat the grates, whether you're doing it, like we're talking about doing it the end of cooking or like you're coming to a new grill and you need to clean it, like getting it hot um, helps release any of the like stuck on burned on food. So, so whether you do it before or after, like make sure your grill's hot. You mentioned the paper towel and the foil. I have a like very generic kitchen towel that's wrapped up and tied with butcher's twine. I I usually start a new one at the beginning of every season and I'll pour a little bit of oil on that and then use tongs to oil the grill grates like right before I put the food down. I personally like to use like a high heat oil for this. I know that like Pam makes a grill spray. Yeah. Probably other grilled like Weber or whatever, they probably make them too. But I like something like an avocado oil or a sunflower oil. Like you said, it's not the place to use that like delicate olive oil because it's going to get burned. Totally. And now also, I will say coffee filters are a good thing to use too. They're just... Wait, for what? Like for, you can just grease the grates too. Like you don't want to use paper towels. They're going to tear and whatever. And if you don't like have a towel or I don't know. I think your towel idea is the best one out there. But coffee filters also like scrunch up and you can grease them up a little bit and use that like tongs, hold tongs and just kind of rub them across the grates. I learned something new today. I love that. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter Butcherbox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At Butcherbox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of one hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. 
Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm, be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for dinner I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Okay, this little piece of advice is like hard because there's there are some exceptions but in general once you put the food on the grill you don't really want to move it around and if it's sticking like if you can't move it with tongs or with a thin spatula it's not ready to be moved or turned with some exceptions though because I find that like burgers especially if I'm using like a higher fat ground beef blend some steaks and chicken pieces can be a little bit better if you move them around yeah i was so fascinated by this piece of advice that i saw you wanted to give we'll talk about like indirect versus direct and like when to use it but a lot of things like you need you have to have a little more patience than you think you do and i know people get like nervous they're like oh it's flaring up or they see smoke coming out of the lid this is where it's like really nice to keep a spray bottle of water handy so you can like spray down the flare ups especially if it's burgers but generally like if it's not releasing from the grill it's not ready for you to turn it so I think that you're hitting on something that isn't just grilling specific and something that we've repeated many times over in a lot of different episodes because it's the same principle as what happens when you people want to sear something right in a pan on the stovetop in the kitchen. If you're tearing your chicken every time you pull it up, you're just not letting it cook long enough. You really need to like sear it and have that meat like create a nice little crust that's going to allow it to pick up from the pan. If it's still sticking, that crust hasn't developed yet. So same goes for the grill. I do think that that's smart. A good reminder for the impatient people. The other thing that I think people forget is like your grill is in some ways like an oven. So it is important to like For most recipes, keep the lid on the grill to like get that convection and make sure that things are cooking through. I can't think of anything specifically where it's like, oh, no, you want to go ahead and grill it unless it's like really fast cooking where you really want to grill it with the lid like fully off or open. I don't grill chicken cutlets very often, 
But sometimes like if that's what I have on hand and that's what I just feel like and I feel like grilling, you know, I will sometimes because there's such a thin cut of meat. Yes. Do that. But yes, totally agree with you. Can we talk about moving things around? I don't think we need to get too deep into moving things around. But I do think that this lends itself to a quick conversation about creating zones. So you'll see a lot of times language and recipes where it's like set your grill up for medium high two zone cooking. And you're like, what the freak does that mean? Um, or it'll say cook it directly or cook it indirectly. So for a gas grill, if you're doing this is ca- called zone cooking on grilling. If you're using a gas grill, you would turn like from medium high, you would turn half of the burners to medium and half of the burners to high. It's also good to know that like you could turn on two burners and leave one completely yes. off and get two temperature zones that way. And the idea here is that your direct or the hot side is for like fast cooking or if you're like trying to sear something or get chicken skin crispy, you're using the the hot side of the grill. But for getting things to cook to temperature, you're using the indirect or lower temperature side of the grill. And really, it's kind of just thinking through... Well, is this something thick that needs more time to cook to temperature or is this something thin that I can cook hot and fast? And that will help you determine like, oh, this is food that I need to cook directly or this is food that I need to cook indirectly. And in the case of things like um, chicken, skin on bone and chicken and thick steaks, it's both. You're going to usually I mean, I know people have varying opinions on this, but usually you can do like bringing them to temperature on the indirect side and then crisping the skin or getting that nice sear on the direct side during the last few minutes of cooking. Which way do you do it? I'm trying to think. I think it totally depends on the cut of meat that I'm doing. For chicken thighs, I tend to like to do them indirect first so that like a lot of the fat can render and then that way I don't burn the skin on the direct side because that fat can sometimes cause flare-ups. But then with steaks, I tend to like to like sear them hot and fast on the direct side and then cook them to temperature on the indirect side. What about you? Totally the same. Because with chicken, nothing is more disappointing than burnt skin that you were looking forward to being crispy skin. Yes. And you're just going to have a higher likelihood of burning the chicken skin if you try to crisp it up, like put it on direct heat and char it first and then cook it. Yeah. And then sometimes like you get uneven skin where it's like burnt in some spots and then not crispy (laughs) enough in others. And then as it cooks, yeah, off of the heat, it can actually get like weird and soft. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. That's why I was like, that's actually the worst. Yeah. I'd rather give me burn skin over that. Like I don't want that at all. Totally. So yes. Okay. Wait, before we move on, because I was like, oh, this is how you do zone cooking in gas grills. I forgot to mention that if you're using a charcoal grill, it's the exact same concept, but you're going to put like most of the charcoal that's lit on one side of the grill to be your direct side and like maybe not put anything on the indirect side and let it just get the ambient heat from the direct side, just depending on the size of the grill. Yes. 
Okay, this is where I feel like we get into hacky territory because I love it. <laughs> think that grill baskets are fine. If you want to spend the money on grill baskets and you have a place to store it, good for you. But in general, I don't think that you need one. We have a reel on Didn't I Just Feed You from a couple summers ago where we showed this. But like you can use a cooling rack set on grates. I've seen people too do like two cooling racks and tie them kind of like secure them together with aluminum foil. So it's like a pseudo grill basket. But in our reel, like you just put the cooling rack on top of the grates and then you add your tiny veggies like your shishito peppers or you're like on the vine tomatoes so they don't fall through. And because most cooling racks are metal, you get the heat on the like they preheat with the grill grates and you get a great sear too. Yes. I love it. Should we go through certain foods that give people trouble? Well, I wanted you to mention fish. Yeah. So I was going to start with fish. I think fish and veggies give people a lot of trouble. Okay. For fish... One really simple one, and I think this works especially well for whole fish, which I don't know. Do people grill whole fish a lot? Is it because I'm Greek that sometimes I do? I think I do it like once a season. Okay. Well, just two spatulas instead of one, guys. It's like really easy. (laughs) Just get two flat metal spatulas work really well. But instead of trying to maneuver, you know, a big piece of fish, like if you have a whole fish in particular, you get two when you kind of lift it together. That is really helpful. The other thing about fish, especially like fillets, is that just slicing citrus. So I suppose you could do lime and orange. I almost exclusively do lemon. Cut them into about quarter inch thick slices and then lay the slices of lemon on the grill kind of overlapping. You're kind of making like a little shelf. (laughs) I don't know if that's like really the right word for it, but like a little platform for your fish to rest on. The citrus is going to flavor the fish. The fire is going to be enough that you're still going to get lots of flavor. It's not like it's not like an impervious barrier. Is that the right word? Impervious Okay, let's go, let's go with it. Let's silence. Okay, let's go with it. It was it. like impenetrable, an... but that seems like more yes. intense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, right? You lay it on the fish and then it's you have like a nice flat surface that's like a little bit slippery that you can slip your uh, spatula under when you need to flip the fish. It just makes everything really easy. I like doing it with asparagus too, actually. I was going to say asparagus yeah. or green beans too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, do you have another fish tip? I don't. Oh, well, we should mention like cedar planks are relatively inexpensive and you have to soak them, but you can soak them like while you're preheating your grill. And they're really great if you're, if you like to smoke or not smoke, if you like to grill fish a lot. Yum. All right. Let's talk about vegetables because I think people like grilling vegetables and then often complain that they're like falling through the grate. And they get too burnt and all that. Skewers, baby. Just skewer that. Skewer everything. And sometimes double skewer. It's kind of like the double spatula principle, right? That you're not trying to balance something on one. You have two and you create some stability. I like the double spatula a lot for sausages. Not like hot dogs, which we want to spiralize, but like sausages. Then you can just, you're kind of like cooking them in a batch. Give them a little space on the skewer so that they can get some convection around them and they're good to go. Love it. Okay. What other things? I have a, 
it's kind of like a hacky thing. I haven't done it in years, but I don't smoke and I don't grill ribs that often, to be completely honest. So I would never need like a ribs rack or anything like that. Do you have one? You know what I have? Oh, my God. This is hacky. This is like weird Alton Brown rubbing off on me. A file holder, a metal file holder. Oh, okay. Well, so I have something sort of different. Okay. You know, one of those like V-shaped oven rack? Yeah, or like a roasting rack. Roasting rack. Thank you. Turns upside down. I just use my roasting rack and I turn it upside down and you can rest the ribs on them. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. We should talk about meat in general. I love meat so much. I think a lot of people love meat as well. (laughs) Do you love meat? (laughs) I just want to make sure that everyone is using an instant read meat thermometer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can we please? I remember evangelizing about this when Winner Winner Chicken Dinner came out because it's so especially important for chicken, but actually it's especially important for all meat. But like, really, this is a good moment, even professionals. Like, you're not cooler, you're not fancier, you're not anything if you're just like, I know by just touching the meat. Like, use a thermometer. Yes. That's how you get it perfect each time, especially while you're doing a million other things. And I know that you can tell by touching, you know, I've cooked so much chicken, I've got it. It's kind of like intuitive, but still I use the thermometer because a million other things are going on. And I hope that while you're grilling, you're also like having a drink, having a spritz. Yes. (laughs) Like hanging out. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people use the grill to entertain. So not only are they cooking on something that they don't cook on regularly, but they're also doing like a larger volume than they do sort of Monday through Friday or cooking for their family. And so... Your sense and like you're standing over this huge hot piece of equipment. So like your sense of time is greatly skewed. And because the grill can get so hot, you can look at things like chicken and be like, oh, yeah, that's totally done because it's like starting to get black on the outside. But then when you put the thermometer in there, you're like, oh, actually, it's raw. So just for like safety to save you any embarrassment Get a probe thermometer. They're relatively inexpensive now. Like, I think you can find a decent one on Amazon for 20 bucks. So there's kind of no reason. Um, A lot of grills have built-in thermometers, but I also really like an oven thermometer. Like, in the hanging on the top grate of your grill, if you have a gas grill with sort of, like, that toast zone, or even on the inside lid of your kettle, kettle grill. Yeah, it's just great to kind of gauge how hot your grill actually is. You said that people grill for entertaining. So I have a quick related tip that if you're cooking, you know, beef or lamb or something where you're going to have multiple temperatures, that you can use toothpicks. Yeah. So, right? Like, you just want to keep track of everything. You want to cook everything and then put it on the table. You can say one is rare, two is medium rare, three is medium. And, like, as you pull off your steaks, for example... Just put one toothpick if it's medium rare or sorry, whatever it is, yeah. whatever your system. You is. decide what the system is. You decide. Is. You don't have to listen to me. Yeah. But the point is like you just have like a quick reference. So you, you know, everybody knows what temperature all the meat is. Yeah. And if you're fancy, you could to get those like multicolored frill picks 
and be like, blue Ooh. is the one. Green yes. is medium. Whatever it yes. is, you can decide. But like use a little trick. Such a good reminder. I also want to remind people that a lot of food... A lot of meat on the grill is better if it rests before you slice it. So if you're like doing steaks, even five minutes makes a difference in one, being able to slice it without burning yourself and two, and enjoying it. And it also gives time for there to be like some carryover cooking. I have one more. I'm going to call it a hack. Okay, give it. <laughs> but I think it relates to a general tip that we want to give around saucing and yeah. basting. Okay. Why don't you start with the general tip? Well, and we'll end with something that I'll like the big question. Does Megan think it's a hack or not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a strong opinion that most sauce should go on at the end. Amen, sister. Tell them. Most, so most sauces that we use on the grill are full of sugar and sugar burns, whether it's cooked for a long time or at a high temperature. So like, I don't if I'm doing barbecue chicken, I use sort of like a barbecue flavor profile of a dry brine on it. And then I don't actually put any sauce on until I know that chicken is cooked and that skin is crispy. And then I'm putting it on in thin layers during the last like 10 minutes of cooking. A hundred percent. No notes. People need to listen. Um, the one exception to like it's not sauce but if you're going to, you know, use a wet yes. saw, like I will sometimes brine chicken. And what I mean by that, it's I'm not making like it's not a turkey. It's not like a huge thing. One of my favorite things in winter, winter chicken dinner is a lemon oregano, quote unquote, marinade. That's actually just a brine because it's like heavily salted water. And I just add a little bit of lemon juice and oregano and a tiny bit of oil you know, because it has a lot of lemon in it, you don't want the chicken to sit for very long. But even just like 10 minutes in this heavily salted lemon flavored water imbues a lot of flavor and then you can grill it. But if you want a sauce on top of it, let's say you had like a lemon pepper, like barbecue sauce or something like that, I would add that on the end. So dry brine or wet brine first, dry rub, grill sauce. Brilliant. But what's the and hack? The hack, <laughs> the hack. If you don't have a basting brush, use a lettuce leaf. No. Let's yes. Here. We're not telling people to do that. <laughs> yes. It was like, that's some five minute craft bull. <laughs> we got to get out of here. I'm doing it. Do it. I Don't can't wait to see a video it. of try that. It. I want everyone to try it and then to hit us up. We should do one of those on Instagram where like, you know, people you put a prompt and then yes. people can add to it. OK, you can start. I will not be doing that. Two days I leave on an airplane, so I won't do it. Now I feel see, very you're vulnerable just throwing, leaving you're you with throwing, our audience. You're throwing Throwing <laughs> flames into the fire and then piecing out on us. Piecing out. Oh, bless. I'm so glad we have our community for while you're gone to console me energy. for this violation. <laughs> <laughs> and so much more. So let's take it there. Let's. Let's do it. You guys, if you're not in our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community, what the heck are you waiting for? Come on, join us. <laughs> you can get to the message boards. You can get recipes all for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want an ad-free stream, if you want bonus episodes, so many other goodies, there's also information on that page about how you can join our supporting community. 
Hey, follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You and we will not be basting anything <laughs> with a lettuce leaf, I swear to God. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 